if you're the, the owner of your business, you know, you have, you're the one with the, the vision and the creativity. And if ever there was a humble leader, it's Alex. She has brought her business to amazing heights. Would be my advice, don't, if, if you don't need to take premises, if you can work out of your spare room, do that for as long as you can. He said, he said, your, your smelly stuff sold. <laughs> don't know who was more shocked, him or me, and he placed another order. Any barrier at all is, is a barrier. In a crowded market, if there's just even one thing that your customers have to get their head round, it, it, is, it, is, a, it is a hurdle. Okay, so Alex is the director of Field Day Ireland. And if ever there was a humble leader, it's Alex. I got that from our meeting last week. She has brought her business to amazing heights, supplying her products to world leaders at the G8 Summit. Yes, she dropped that in at the end of the conversation. I bought there would have our candles. I was like, what? What? Drop that in at the end. She supplied her products um, to the Erlingus Onboard magazine for a period of time. Stocked in Arnott's, a Boca. She's about to launch into hotels in New York. And the list goes on and on. Her products are sold in over 300 shops worldwide. And her website sells thousands of products weekly, making her a very busy woman. But she's here today, flew in from London, she was at a trade show, to tell us just how she has made this all happen. So Alex, thank you so much for joining us on the Dick Podcast. Thank you, Caroline. Um, it's such a pleasure to have you here and I only met you in person last week and got to hear the whole story in depth and I just knew everybody was going to love what you had to say because of the, when you get to hear now, but there's something about um, Alex's brand that makes you think, God, I need to bring that soulfulness and authenticity to my brand when you listen so I know you're going to love it but you got the retail bug and the entrepreneurial spirit from your daddy didn't you? I did. Yeah tell us about that. Yeah well first of all I wanted to say that I was so glad when you came in last week we were just in the middle we were knee deep in our first stock count of the year and I was delighted because Caroline turned up and I, I got excused for a couple of hours having to do it but yes uh, I grew up in, in Belfast and um, my dad ran a shoe shop. He had a couple of shoe shops, and um, my dad was a real was a real grafter, and he expected no less than than us. I'm one of four, and uh, we worked in that shop every school holiday, every weekend, and any job he could think of us, we were doing whether it was ripping up cardboard boxes or or just anything. Yeah, and and that was when I realised. I really enjoyed the retail side of things, but I loved having happy customers and I loved, it was just, it was just the whole, the whole thing. Um, and that, that's definitely where I got the love of it. But at home, my mum was at home and my mum was very, very creative and she was always making or doing or something. So it was one of those houses even then, and there was always something happening on the kitchen table. There was always something being made or being dreamed up. So I kind of had both elements of my, my dad in business and my mum very creative and, and making stuff all the time. And then you told me that she wasn't really, well, we'll skip on to that, but I'm going to talk about your mummy's reaction because there's a lot of mummies in the room that weren't happy when their daughters were going to leave their jobs and open a shop. Um, 
So whenever you um, we went on to do your retail management degree then, and you have a really interesting story about your tutor, and it's amazing how words can mould what you do and pull you down if you let them, but tell us what happened with your tutor. Well, so after school, um, I went to Glasgow and I, I kind of, I went to uni and I went, I don't know if anybody else here has done that, but I went to uni kind of because I felt it was expected of me and my two older sisters ahead of me had gone and I thought, oh, flip, I need to go as well. And it, probably like Pete was saying, I really loved working. I should probably just have gone straight from school and worked. But anyway, I thought I, I should go and do a degree. And so I studied business management, which was a good degree, but it's nothing really like running a business at all. But... um. And I, I I did not enjoy university. Like I was telling you this, I, I actually, I hated it. I just, I just, I just wanted to start working. And then when I was at uni, um, my dad died very, very suddenly. And so it turned into like an even more bit of a grim experience. And I became really, really homesick. And that was when I had my idea for, for Field Day. That was sort of my, my light bulb moment as it was. I was so homesick and I grew up in the countryside and that was what I really, really missed. And I missed it so much. I actually had dreams. I, I dreamed about fields and things and dreamed about being in the countryside. I, I lived in a really grim flat in Glasgow. Like it was just the worst student flat you could think of. So that made it even worse. But in our last year at uni, we had to come up with like a little business plan and my business plan, I thought, you know, wouldn't it be really cool if I could like, capture all the scents from the countryside and stuff that I miss and like capture them and capture those scents, bottle them essentially, like, bottle those scents, those scents of the countryside, those scents of Ireland that I, that I really miss. And that was, that was my plan. Like, you know, it was a bit rough, raw around the edges as most early business ideas are. It was a bit awkward and whatever. Um, but that was, yeah, that was what I submitted to my course tutor and I, I was quite chuffed with it. And if anybody else is here has had that wee first feeling of a light bulb moment, it's, it's a real wee, it's a real excitement in you. It's a real butterfly in your tummy. And I remember thinking, this is it. I think this is what I kind of want to do. So it's really, really nervously excited handing in this dissertation project and she called me in and she said, um, I, I'm terribly disappointed in this. I thought you'd come up with something much better and um, I just don't understand what this is you're, you're wanting to do here and this, this, this would never work. And in her defence, it, it was over 20 years ago. It was like way before like the candle business had exploded and nobody was really doing anything like, like what it is now. It's a very different marketplace now. So I, I understand why she sort of had that reaction, but she failed it. She said, I've, I've no option here other than to fail you. And I remember going, oh God, how do I, how do I go home and tell my mum this? Um, but yeah. So she, so Bilde Ireland, but used and loved by, and it is used and loved by Barack Obama, let's just say that it is, right? Um, was failed by your tutor and she said she was surprised at you. Um, so and was disappointed. And disappointed. 
Um, so I, I, I'm, I always try to think about what that means for us in business. How many times have we all had this idea or light bulb moment and someone else has said, nah, nah, no good, never going to work. Like one time I wanted to be a Christmas decorator. Do you know what a Christmas decorator is? You just decorate buildings for Christmas because I had it my retail shop and I decorated it. Adrian will remember, it's my brother sitting in front of us here. I was going to rope him in. We're going to be partners. And then um, I said, like, you've got a, you've got a cherry picker. I've got all the contacts and we're going to do it. And I went home to Jared and he was like, if, if, if you continue with this, I'm leaving. And I was like, but he was, he was, as you say, and all like you have respect for your tutor that time, but she, Jared was probably right too. He would have left me and I, I would have heard that you were ahead of your time. I was not wise, but, but what I'm trying to say is sometimes, and, and in all seriousness, you have an idea, but it can just be words by someone else put you right off, but it didn't put you off. What happened then? No, because I think just, uh, I, I don't know, my husband always likes to tell me in the nicest possible way, I'm like a dog with a bone. And once I have an idea in my head, there's very little that will dissuade me at times. And I don't know, it, it's, it is just that little voice inside you. If you're, if you're an entrepreneur and you're wanting to start a business, it's a little voice that you cannot shut it up no matter what other people will say to you and it's just something there that it, it never goes away. Sometimes you want it to go away and it doesn't. So you came home then and you got your degree but you came home and you wanted to continue with this and what did your mummy say? Um, well, she wasn't very happy, let's just say. And I, so I came home and I thought I, I, I got a job in the tourist board in Belfast but I couldn't get the idea out of my head. And I thought, I'll, I'll just, I'll start off really small. And so I started off making soaps at my mum's kitchen table. And that that's how I started off. Total kitchen table enterprise. And um, nearly destroyed my mum's kitchen in the process as well. So A, she was already annoyed that I was coming home, trying to start off this failed business plan. In her eyes, it had failed before it had even gone anywhere. Then secondly, I was using all of her quick kitchen equipment and everything and there was one incident and anyone here who's ever tried to make soap will know that there's a really toxic chemical you've got to put in it in it and it, it like this stuff it's called sodium hydroxide and it will burn through a butcher's block if you'd let it so I had it wasn't it was the first time I made it and you should only like put it in stainless steel or glass or something I put it in a plastic jug and set it at my mum's wooden windowsill and came back like half an hour later and the whole thing had dissolved along with half the windowsill. And to this, to this day, my the kitchen windowsill goes like that. <laughs> so, yeah, it was... So she didn't want, she'd rather you just got a good job than you'd have... Aha, yes. Yeah. Primary school teacher, which is no disrespect, but I, but I just couldn't, I just was not cut out to be a primary school teacher. So that's what yes that's but what you kept saying to me Alex you know maybe but the entrepreneurial spirit in you made you keep going but so you, you started and you made, you told me that you made your soaps at the kitchen table and you got them all branded up and it was called Bog Standard back right. then yes. love that name as well um, and what did you do then so there was no social media how did you let people find out about this so I put together my first ever collection and um, I went off. I live lived quite near Lisburn, and so I put 
put together a wee collection in a box and I went to the Irish Linen Centre. don't know if anyone knows it here, but it used to have a really, really big gift shop. Probably would have been one of the best gift shops in the area. And I didn't even, even, I look back and, oh, I was so green. I just went in, didn't even have an appointment, just went in and said, oh, can I speak to the buyer? It was a really lovely lady there called Jo. And she looked at it and I, one of the soaps was called Irish Linen. And it was a linen centre and she just went, oh, this is great. This is lovely. She was really encouraging. And she said, well, I'll place an order. And I was so shocked. I didn't know what to do next. I didn't, I hadn't even brought like an order book. And anyway, so I memorised her order in my head and went out and wrote out the scrap of paper in the car. And then I felt really like buoyed up and encouraged. And I drove on to Hillsborough and... This has gone back over 20 years ago. I don't know if anyone remembers in Hillsborough. There used to be a lovely shop called Gaudi's. And it was like a, one of those like really interesting emporium type shops that sort of sold a bit of everything. And there was the man that owned it was called Patrick. And I walked in and, you know, did my wee sales pitch again. And he said, he looked at it, he looked into the basket and he went, um, we don't sell smelly stuff. And I said, he said, nope, tried it. So tried to sell it over the years. Smelly stuff just does not sell in the shop. And I said, oh, well, you know, what if I just left you, you know, you know, a, a basket of the stuff here? But it was called sale or return. I didn't know it was called sale or return. And he said, oh, well, all right then. Leave it over there in that shelf. Um, come back in a fortnight. So I came back a fortnight later and I walked into the shop and I couldn't see it. And we thought, oh, no. This is so embarrassing. It hasn't sold and he st stuck it out in the back stock room or something. And um, and then he saw me and he came over and he said, he said, your, your smelly stuff sold. <laughs> I don't know who was more shocked, him or me. And he placed another order and that was it. Sort of that was 20 years ago, that was officially then in, in business then. So that was you like cold calling, going in, marketing your business mm -hmm. to them and the way it used to be done. Yeah, it worked. Like, yep, nowadays we can use the social and all, but it takes guts to walk in that door. Yeah, and, and I think it's still really important to have those, yeah, yeah, the social relationships are good, but the actual people relationships, you know, are, are really good. And so Catherine was saying as well, but put your face out there. You do, but actual, actual eyeballing somebody in real life, you know, especially now for us, back then when we started, it, it wasn't a really competitive market the way it is now. So for us now, it's like, well, you know, why would someone, why would that shop still keep buying our stuff all these years later when there's a hundred flip? I wish there was only a hundred competitors, but the, you know, there's a million and one competitors. And I, I'd like to think that it's, we've we have really built up relationships with people over the years, and it's that saying, people do buy from people, and you know, I think that's been an important part of our journey, building good, strong relationships with people so that if another person comes along, they'll go, oh, look, well, actually, we work with Alex or, you know, or Alex is our number one supplier, but we'll you know, try somebody else as well. But um, they'll not drop you just as easily if there's, a, if there's a nice relationship there. Yeah, I think that's so important. And sometimes with social media, you can lose that as well because... It is like you're talking to the screen, but what about going and meeting somebody like they used to do and like you say, creating that impact where they like actually 
want to support you because they know you and like you. So that's what you were doing from the start and it's definitely stood to you. The Dig podcast would not be possible if it wasn't for the support of the fantastic partners who team up with us each series. Series 6 is in partnership with Invest NI, my new business. Emil knew they could turn their passion into a business. They just needed help to get started. They downloaded a free business plan template from My New Business and followed the step-by-step guidance. They also find advice on researching and developing their ideas. Need help planning your new business? Visit nibusinessinfo.co.uk slash mynewbusiness. Now let's get back to making it happen. Um, you talked about getting feedback. So I suppose a lot of us struggle sometimes with getting feedback that we don't like. But you got feedback that you didn't like, but you used it to like turn things around for yourself and change things. Yeah. I mean, look, getting advice is part and parcel of running a business. Unsolicited or not, people will always love to give you a bit of advice. But yeah, as you mentioned, when we started off, the business is called Bog Standard. And like, I loved the name. It was really what we were about back then. It was really earthy. It was rustic and... It, it really suited what we were doing. Um, but over the years, the product itself had changed a bit and it had sort of become a bit more finessed. And although our brand DNA hadn't changed, the, the, the product had changed and the packaging had changed. And um, it started to hear from a couple of buyers, you know, we, d- we don't like your name anymore. We don't like that bog standard name. It, it's not doing you any favours. Kick going, no, but it's ironic. Do you not get it? It's not good. Look, and, you know, it was one of those first lessons to learn in business that any barrier at all is, is a barrier. In a crowded market, if there's just even one thing that your customers have to get their head around, it, it, is, it, is, a, it is a hurdle. So you ha- it's like any race that you're in, you get rid of any barrier that's in your way. And the name for us had started to become a barrier. And I suppose the, the the real moment for me was I was at a trade fair in Dublin and a guy who who worked for the Design Council of Ireland, who I was quite friendly with, he said to me, he said, I was in a gift shop in Waterford and I was looking for a present for my mother-in-law and I saw your candle and I saw a competitor's candle and he said, and I... I bought your competitor's candle. I said, why, why are you telling me this? He said, because I couldn't give my mother-in-law something that said bog standard. And I thought, okay, well, if, if Brian's telling me that, how many other people are standing in a shop with my candle and someone else's candle and going, right, okay, now that name's a barrier in my head. So took the plunge and had a bit of a brainstorm about names and things. And obviously, very much what we're part of is Irish countryside, sustainability, nature. And I'd always loved the, the name Field Day and the phrase Field Day. And it just fitted. And so we, we changed it over. But when I say we just changed it over, um, it was it was a torturous sort of exercise. We had a warehouse full of packaging that said bog standard all over it. And we even our soap bars had bog standard stamped onto them. So it was a lot logistical and expensive headache to get rid of them but um, we had a relationship with TK Maxx at that stage and we sold and all of our old branded stock onto TK Maxx and we were able to then get all our 
packaging reprinted and everything redone in this field day. And we went to a trade show then exactly a year later after I'd had that conversation. And it's a bit nervous because I thought, well, you know, up to now, I thought this is a great idea, but the proof's in the pudding here. Are we gonna, is this going to actually make a difference? Is this going to actually affect the, the amount of business that we do? And within five minutes of the show opening, uh, you know, a shop came along that we'd been trying to get into for years. And it just the two buyers walked on and said, right, you've changed your name. Great. We'll, we'll do business with you. We never liked your name before. So that was, that was just right. You know, we, sometimes you do get advice and you have to be prepared to listen to it, you know, but it's that art of being able to filter out the advice that maybe isn't great, but yeah. I think if you get a bit of advice and there's something in it that kind of sticks in your head a wee bit, it's probably something you do need to consider is maybe that wee voice that you don't want to admit that they're maybe right about something and you probably know it yourself. Yeah, and I suppose it's like there's so many from the previous podcast guests that you can pull on, like if the horse is dead, get off it. I'm quoting that from Benny, like that was, and also um, Pete Boyle said, um, about his whenever um, Pandora came in and he tried to make his own but they just wanted Pandora so he got rid of all the stuff he had just like you had to get rid of all the you know so it's a process it's not easy but if there, if things need to change don't stick your head in the sand absolutely yeah. not no you've got to yeah move quick so you told me you peed outside <laughs> <laughs> many's the time <laughs> so um, your pr- first premises was not luxurious no no but it made it work no, look, I, you know, I, I started the business off on a real shoestring. Part of that was fear of my mother as well, that, that you know, I had to show that I wasn't going to totally mess it up. And um, I, the first, I was living in a little house at the time and it was, that we, we had soap everywhere. There was soaps up and down the stairs. There was soaps stacked under the bed. There was just anywhere I could find a space I had soap stacked up until we were literally bursting out of the place. And the uh, uh, there was a farm up the road from us. Um, just this was kind of near forest side direction is where I was living. And there was a farm up in the hills and they had like an old barn. And they said, the guy said, you can have this barn. Now it was reasonably well insulated. Um, but there was, yeah, there was no, there was no inside toilet. There was a, an outside toilet across the yard and the door didn't even close. <laughs> it's terrible. But I suppose whatever you were telling me all this, you did what you had to do to make it work. So you said you filled that house as much as you could with soap before you took the plunge on paying rent. Yes. So like you do hear a lot of people complaining about, oh, I don't have the space and oh, it's just, but you have to do, if you need to put it under the bed and up the walls and yeah. the river, just do it. Absolutely. And it was back in those days when fax machines were still a thing. And I remember I had the fax machine balanced on the bottom stair and, you know, and it was just like kind of half wobbly off the bottom stair. And if anyone rang, I'd have been like, hello, yes. And it, making myself sound like I was in something like really grand premises was not at all. But, yeah. you know, you, and that would be my advice. Don't, if, if you don't need to take premises, if you can work out of your spare room, do that for as long as you can. Um, because that's, that's. You know, that's a fixed cost you're going to have every month, you know, your rent and all the other associated costs that come with yeah. taking on something. Yeah, I, I, we stayed in that house until it was ridiculous, you know, and it was 
But look, you did what you had to do to get the money in the yeah. bank so you could move to, to the bigger premises. So, right, you were paying outside, the door wasn't closing, and your staff were growing, though. Well, yeah, no, at that point then, I, 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 we, at that point then, I moved on and I'd had enough of the, the, the farm at that point and we moved on and that's when I took on my first two employees. So that was about 16 years ago and they're still with me today. Yes, what age is your longest standing employee? Well, Mary joined me 15 years ago and we just celebrated her 80th birthday. The other day on real is that? She, big, oh, she will go for this. She's awesome. She's, um, there's more work out of Mary who's 80 than a, a lot of people a quarter of her age. You know, she's just some woman. She's great. Um, but it's amazing when we get somebody like that in the team that is like a team player. So you talk about um, rebranding. So obviously you rebranded from bog standard to field day, but you rebrand, you said to me, like every five years or so. So talk about how important that is for businesses here that possibly haven't had a refresh or a new look or a new vibe in a long time. Well, it, you know, certainly for the, the retail industry, I think, I think it is important. And it does seem to move almost like in cycles of, around five to seven years is when you will really see big changes happening. And, you know, well, for us, it's just like like most people, I mean, we, we sell candles and soaps, but for most people here, most people's markets are really crowded and really, really busy and ultra competitive. You know, everybody that's been on the stage today is in a, is in a really crowded market. And so you, you do, it's just, you've just got to keep yourself fresh. You've got to keep yourself looking fresh and not getting stale because there's too much competition out there. People just move on, you know. And we talked about something that we, yeah, we said, maybe we'll not talk about that, but I think we should talk about it. Remember I said, no, let's just talk about it. Oh yeah, remember. <laughs> so um, in every industry, people look at what you're doing and they imitate it or try to take it or copy it or image you know and it hurts and it's not nice because you've worked so hard so we talk about that a wee bit and we're not attacking anybody or anything we're just talking about it happens everywhere in every industry yeah it's just part of life but yeah what do you do about that oh gosh i don't know it's it is one of those things and you you see it everywhere you know you'll see it like a a fashion show you know one of the biggest fashion shows and you know three weeks later zara have the whole collection or whatever ripped off and it, it happens everywhere but it, it's annoying when you're a small business and you have, you know, maybe brought out a product or a collection that's maybe taken you, you know, sometimes it can take a year or two years even to create a collection and to get it just right, you know, and then yeah, a few months later, someone's doing like another similar version of it. But um, it, it's it's just some part and parcel of it. And I think that's just where it's really important that you just stay one step ahead. Just, just keep yourself really, really fresh. And that's where having a good team um, comes into it. Because if you're the founder, if you're the, the owner of your business, you know, you have, you're the one with the, the vision and the creativity and it's up to you to not let that go stale. So, you know, and creativity can go stale if it's not stimulated. And it's it's important to be able to, to take time out and to, you know, visit places, read different magazines, go to different restaurants, whatever it is that that helps you to see different trends and see where your market's going, see where your industry's going, see what other people are up to and just 
get in there before everybody else does. Yeah, stay ahead of the game. So, but you stay also ahead. You also do, do something different than a lot of business owners do, but you bring this magic to your brand. So talk to, I think that's what we need to do now is make ourselves stand out with the magic. What do you do when someone places an order with Field Day? Oh, so yeah, we, we do a lot of online orders. And so in a week, you know, there could be quite a few hundred orders just coming in directly from customers. But this is something we've always done when we were maybe only getting like a dozen orders in a week or 20 orders in a week at the very beginning. And with every order, we always wrote a little handwritten card, personalised, person's name, thanks so much, love, whoever. And that's something that we still do. And it's it's a bit of a, it's, you know, especially at Christmas, people's arms are sore writing out these wee notes. But, you know, and sometimes people say, oh, look, people don't expect that anymore. You know, we all buy stuff online and, you know, whoever gets a little handwritten card, but our customers just love it and we get so much feedback about that and we also um with the little cards or we wrap it up and we'll go out into the fields around us and we'll maybe pick like an ivy leaf or at christmas time we've got a bit of a holly or whatever and just taped it onto it i mean it cost us absolutely nothing a little bit of extra effort a little bit of extra time but it's those little touches that really well, they just set you apart a wee bit and it just shows your customers that you, you, you care and you're prepared to do that little bit more for them. And it's something that my, my dad taught me in the shoe shop. He gave out a free duster with every pair of shoes and a ruler as well. And it was just those little things that set him apart and people came back for that because it was just, I think when we all know we're all consumers here and we all know what it's like whenever you know, you do order something and someone, you get a little extra something. It, it's, it's just unexpected. It's unexpected and it brings you a little bit of joy and that's what we, we want to do. We just, we, we genu- it's genuinely, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years and I, I, I just still think it's a huge compliment to get an order. And I, I don't say that to sound, you know, whatever. It genuinely is, is it's, it's a real compliment in, in a, such a crowded marketplace that someone is choosing to spend their money on something that we have made. Um, and it's something I don't ever take for granted. And I think the day you start taking that for granted and go start going off, flip, what am I going to do with all these orders? Or, you know, that's that's the day you, you stop bringing joy then onto your customers. And I think, you know, letting letting your customers in on your journey and let them, letting them see a little bit of the magic. It's, so I suppose if we could all try to think about that with our services and our products, how do we bring the magic? Why are you different? Yes, there may be someone else trying to imitate you, but how are you? No, you're setting yourself apart because of what you're doing, how you offer it, how you package it, how you offer that service, what's the extras you throw in. So everybody should really be thinking along those lines. And yeah, and, and it doesn't even have to, I mean, obviously for us, we're selling product, so it's maybe easy for us to put like a little physical something in. But it doesn't have to be a thing. It could be, you know, it could just be that email or that phone call or that message. I don't, you know, just think about how that can relate to your industry or what what it is you're doing that can just surprise your your surprise your clients. Just that little bit of oh, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't think that was going to happen. And I think you know we we all live in such a busy, fast 
world where it's, we, we we live in a really noisy world, you know. And I think if you can just do something that will pause and but 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 we we love doing that. That is it's not something that we do to be like you know ahead of the game. Yeah, no, it's something that we've always done, and we genuinely we 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 do love doing it. Um, I think that's going to get everyone thinking just about how they can do that in their business. We're going to talk about collaborations now. So that's like the buzzword of 2022, 21, 22, 23. We're all collaborating, but you are collaborating and it's rolling out at the minute with Jack McGarry. So if anybody doesn't know who Jack McGarry is, he owns the Dead Rabbit. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it. Um, he's from Belfast and he wants to put field day product, but like signature scent for him. Yes, a bar, it's a dead rabbit. Bar, the bar, yes, in Manhattan, yeah, New York, and it's it's been voted the best bar in the world. Some of you might have um, been at it or heard of it. Um, so he wants to bring his signature Santic whiskey and paint, yeah, uh huh, to yes. bring the Irish feel, and he's collaborating with you for you to create those products for him. So yes. talk to us about that. What yeah. happened? Yes. So again, it was it's coming back to relationships. I, I didn't know Jack. I'd been in the Dead Rabbit. We'd been at a trade fair in New York a couple of years ago and we'd visited it. And then um it was a relationship we had with a design agency in Belfast. They were they were Jack was a client of theirs and Jack said looking for a candle maker to make a candle for us that we could that would sort of smell like our bar a bit. And um, so that was, yeah, we, we, we met Jack at a project that we've been working on for a while. So it's lovely. It's a really lovely collaboration. And it's, yeah, it's funny. Collaborations are, are coming through a lot more now. We're, we've, we've another couple that we're working on. And it's not something I, I would have thought was going to be part of our business even three or four years ago. But I think the... I don't know, the pandemic's changed things as well. And I think it's just different opportunities and teaming up together. And Jack, um, Jack's, Jack's great. He's from, he's from Belfast and he he's so proud of being from Northern Ireland. And he just wants to really shine a light on Northern Irish product. And there's a whole bunch of us there. He's got Northern Irish art on the walls and um, the coffee mugs are are made by a potter and the candles are by us. So it's lovely that he wants to, you know, he's using his platform to shine a light on Northern Ireland and it's really nice for us to be part of it. Yeah, so whatever I, I was interested about that collaboration, so there's people in the room and like I, I can look around and I'm like, God, they could be doing that with them and he could be teaming up for her for that. So the opportunities for collaboration is endless and it does bring new customers to you that maybe follow him and vice versa. So um, I think collaborations are unreal. What would you say, Alex, to everybody here that are, and I ask this at the end of every podcast um, in Series 6 especially, who are trying to make it happen and they're struggling, what would you say? I would say that, you know, the, the if, you've got, if you're sitting here and you've got an idea and it's something that you're wanting to make happen, you know, the best, every business in the world, every, you know, even if you look at this room, every single thing in this room, product, whatever it is, clothes, jewellery, whatever, it all started off in somebody's head, some work. And, you know, the the best ideas in the world aren't sitting in a patent office. They're sitting in somebody's head right now, maybe even in this room. There's just some really great ideas. And, you know, get the idea out. As I say, most ideas at the start are a bit rough around the edges. And it's, it's your job to bring that little ugly duckling on and turn it into it turned into something lovely but 
you know, it's it's get the start line's a scary place, and you know I, I know that as well. And it's it's you're very vulnerable putting yourself on that start line, but once you get over that start line, you you're you are one of the rare one percent of people in the world who will who will you know take an idea and try to turn it into something. So it's it's a rare bunch that get over that start line and do it. So you know, um, well, it does take guts. It it's it's a ton of stress sleepless nights it's to put in the right mind probably would do it but the rewards are there and you know if you're like Pete was saying if you're if you're a true entrepreneur it's it's a voice that's hard to get rid of it definitely is so if anyone hasn't ordered from Fiend Day you don't need to because there's one in your bag normally joking you do need to but there's a your big broadcast bag um Alex has been so good to put in the little gift that she gives to everybody free when they place an order. So you get to see what that looks like. It's the little wax melts with the seeds in it and we've popped it in as also the hand gel. So thank you for doing that as well. It brings a little bit Do you want me to tell you about those little wax melts? Yeah. Like, so there's a little little wax melt and I think in your bags and you can pop that into a wax burner. And we started doing those because we're really keen to be zero waste in our factory. And um, over lockdown, I was in the, my staff were all furloughed. And so I spent a lot of time in the factory on my own, which I weirdly quite enjoyed. <laughs> so it felt like I was back to the old days on my own. And um, I kept noticing, you know, we, we make all our, we pour all our own candles in the factory. And I kept going past where we keep the waste wax. And it was really, really bugging me. And, um, there's very little you can do with waste wax. And um, so I started playing about and thinking it'd be really nice if you could make something cute and, you know, useful out of this. So we just, we we melt it. We add in petals and seeds and flowers from, from the fields around us. We're out in the middle of nowhere in County Down and there's uh, no limit to fields and, fields and uh, seeds and flowers around us. And we add those to it and we give one of those out with to with all of our internet orders and it's just it, it just kind of um you know it's just a little thing again that customers don't expect but it has cost us absolutely nothing to make because it was coming from waste and you know and it's it's it it, it, it i love it because it means then that we're not wasting stuff as well because i have an obsession with with wasting anything i hate it and so, yeah, that's, that's the story behind that. Everybody has one in their bag. And then if you order from Field Day, you get an extra one. So where can they follow Field Day and order from you and all of that? Um, so we're just, yeah, we're just online at fieldayireland.ie and on social at fieldayire. There you go. Everybody get tagging and following and just a big round of applause, please. And thank you for being on the Dig Podcast, Alex. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Dig Podcast. It's an absolute privilege to be your host every week and to spend time with the most driven, inspirational people. Don't forget to tag us on social at Dig for Success if you enjoyed this week's conversation. And until next week, keep taking those steps to making it happen in your business and in your life.